The soul has gone far away from the Lord. She has to be shown. Now you have the human body and you must meet the beloved. This is the Bhajan Ru Malik to Huidur on page 193. Again and again I remembered my meetings with my beloved. My heart suffers when the separation happens. The garment of the soul has to be dyed in the Nam. You came promising that you would meditate on Nam. After coming into this world, you forgot. Don't forget, O oh soul, that you have to please the beloved. For a long time you have been separated from the all-owner and are far away from him. Now, without the true Satguru, you are wandering from door to door. Get your faults forgiven if you want to please the beloved. If I meet gracious beloved Kripal, he will give his support to me, the drowning one. O oh, Ajayb, you have to make your soul meet her true separated beloved. The soul has gone far away from the Lord. She has to be shown. Now you have the human body and you must meet the beloved. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 193. <laughs> Rumahali ketohui dura enu samajonani. Onamiliyama nasajama kantanu pon. Menu mura mura yada pia milana dia ayani. Mere dil nu duk dhoe je pena judayani. Men mur mur yad piya milana diya ayani. Mere dil nu duk dhoe je pena judayani. Meri Ruda Chola Nam Devi Chirangonani Onamiliyamanas Jamakantanu Ponani Rumalikatonghui Dura Enu Samajonani on a milliamanas jamakantanu pon. Tukareke veda nama japana da aini. Tuvichituniya deake yada bulaini. Tukareke veda nama japana da aini. 
ਵਿੱਚ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦੇ ਆਖੇ ਯਾਦ ਬੁਲਾਈ ਕਿਤੇ ਬੋਲ ਨ ਜਾਵੀ ਰੂਹੇ ਕਾਤਮ ਨੋ ਨਾਨੀ ਹੁਣ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਮਾਨਸ ਜਾਮ ਕਾਂਤ ਨੂ ਪੋਨਾਨੀ ਰੁਮਾਲਿਕ ਤੋਂ ਹੁਈ ਦੂਰ ਇਨੂ ਸਮਝੋ ਨਾਨੀ ਹੁਣ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਮਾਨਸ ਜਾਮ ਕਾਂਤ ਨੂ ਤੁਕੂਲ ਮਲਿਕ ਤੋਂ ਦੂਰ ਵਿਚੇਰੀ ਚਿੜਦੀ ਹੁਣ ਸੱਚੇ ਸਤਿਗੁਰੂ ਬਾਜੋ ਡਰ ਡਰ ਫਿਰਦੀ ਤੁਕੂਲ ਮਲਿਕ ਤੋਂ ਦੂਰ ਵਿਚੇਰੀ ਚਿੜਦੀ ਹੁਣ ਸਾਚੇ ਸਤਿਗੁਰੂ ਬਾਜੋ ਡਰ ਧਰ ਫਿਰ ਦੀਏ ਤੂੰ ਭੂਲ ਲੈ ਬਖਸ ਜੇ ਕਾਂਤਰ ਜੋ ਨਾਨੀ ਹੁਣ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਮਾਨਸ ਜਾਮ ਕਾਂਤ ਨੂ ਪੋਨਾਨੀ ਰੁਮਾਲਿਕ ਤੋਂ ਹੁਈ ਦੂਰ ਇਨੂ ਸਮਝੋ ਨਾਨੀ ਹੁਣ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਮਾਨਸ ਜਾਮ ਕਾਂਤ ਨੂ ਚਮਿਲ ਜਾਏ ਕਿਰਪਾਲ ਦਿਆਲ ਪਿਆਰਾਨੀ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਤੂੰ ਬਦੀਨੂਆ ਦੇਵੇ ਆਨਾ ਸਹਾਰਾਨੀ ਜੇ ਮਿਲ ਜਾਏ ਕਿਰਪਾਲ ਦਿਆਲ ਪਿਆਰਾਨੀ ਮੈਨੂੰ ਤੂੰ ਬਦੀਨੂਆ ਦੇਵੇ ਆਨਾ ਸਹਾਰਾਨੀ ਅਜੈ ਬਦੀ ਰੂਦ ਸਾਚ ਵਿਚੇੜੀਆ ਕਾਂਤ ਮਿਲੋ ਨਾਨੀ ਹੁਣ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਮਾਨਸ ਜਾਮ ਕਾਂਤ ਨੂ ਪੋਨਾਨੀ ਰੁਮਾਲਿਕ ਤੋਂ ਹੁਈ ਦੂਰ ਇਨੂ ਸਮਝੋ ਨਾਨੀ ਹੁਣ ਮਿਲਿਆ ਮਾਨਸ ਜਾਮ ਕਾਂਤ ਨੂ ਪੋਨਾਨੀ ਸੋਲ ਇਸ ਗੋਨ ਫਾਰ ਅਵੇ ਫਰਮ ਦ ਲੋਰਡ ਸ਼ੀ ਹੈਸ ਟੂ ਬੀ ਸ਼ੋਨ ਨਾਉ ਯੂ ਹੈਵ ਦ ਹਿਊਮਨ ਬਾਡੀ ਐਂਡ ਯੂ ਮਸਟ ਮੀਟ ਦ ਬਿਲਵਡ The next bhajan is on page 215 IG Tere Darate Bikari The beggars have come to your door please give alms True is your court where one gets true darshan There one gets true love and gets across on the true raft He came as the benefactor 
please give alms. Your glory is unique. You are the protector of the suffering ones. You are the gardener of the soul's garden. Please come and cut the snare of Yama. Your greatness is unique. Please give alms. Remove the disease of egoism. Show us the great glimpse. Make us hear the true shepherd. Give us the alms of Nam. Show us the unique glimpse. Please give alms. No means are of any help in the paraphernalia of this world. Of what status was a jab? It was Kirpal who gave support. Please cut our disease. Please give alms. The beggars have come to your door. Please give alms. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 215. <laughs> Tera darbar sacha hove didar sacha milta hai pyar sacha bera hai par sacha darbar sacha
Kadikava Sacha Joshabita Sunava Namati Kerapava Beggars have come to your door. Please give alms. The next World Religions class will be on March 5th. And the Bandara for Master Kripal Singh's birthday celebration will be in San Francisco on February 18th, 19th, and 20th at the Masonic Temple. All are welcome. Please call Kathy and John White or Mark Ehrman for more details. And of course, Master's birthday is coming up. will be actually a little bit before Bandara on February 6th. And I want to, in anticipation of that, read selections from his 1954 birthday message which is the talk called Simran, also published under the title Simran, the Sweet Remembrance of God, which is what Simran means. 
and it's published in its entirety in the book The Way of the Saints, but I am reading from the abridged version that is in the Ambrosial Hour. Master says, Dear brothers and sisters, Mr. Kana has asked me to give some message on my birth anniversary. The day of my physical birth fell on the 6th of February, 1894. The true date of my birth is the day when I sat physically at the holy feet of my master, Sawan Singh, in February 1924. Still the truer date is when I was reborn anew into the beyond and met my master in all his glory in 1917, that is, seven years before my meeting with him physically. I respect all holy scriptures of all the saints who came in the past as they all were given by inspiration of God. I had the good fortune to sit at the feet of my master. That which I have received of my master is what I deliver unto you. I find it parallel with what all the past saints have said. The difference is in the language or the way of expression, but the subject matter is the same. They all talk as to how to liberate our souls from mind and matter and know ourselves and know God. At the time of initiation, the Satguru resides with the devotee. He is with you always, even unto the end of the world, and will be extending all feasible help. He will never leave thee, nor forsake thee. Whosoever's mind is stayed on him with full faith, he will keep him in perfect peace. There is hope for everybody. Master Power comes into the world to save sinners and to put them on the way back to God. It is for you to remain devoted to him and keep his commandments. The rest is for him to do. God is love. You are also love. Love is the potent factor in meeting God. He that loveth not knoweth not God. Therefore thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. I wish you to be the doers of the word and not hearers only, for an ounce of practice is worth more than tons of theories. Reformers are badly needed, not of others, but of themselves. You shall have Godhead as salary. I wish you all Godspeed in your efforts to tread the way back to God, which lies within you. My love and best wishes are always with you and will remain with you. The mystery of life is solved in the company of those who have solved that for themselves. How to find such a man? One who has solved this mystery can help in finding the same truth. The Master teaches us how to withdraw from the body and contact the sound current, the word within. 
There are so many ways to withdraw from the body, but the one devised by the saints is the most natural and quickest, and that is achieved through Simran, or repetition of the names of God. So I would like to just give in detail something about this subject, which is very important and is the first step toward going up. Everyone in the world is doing Simran of one kind or another. In fact, no one can do without it. A housewife, for instance, is thinking all the while of the kitchen requirements like flour, pulses, spices, and pepper, lest any of these things run short. She is thinking of recipes for new dishes and delicacies. Similarly, a farmer is always thinking of plowing the land, furrowing the fields, sowing the seeds and harvesting, and the like, besides his cattle and fodder. A shopkeeper is preoccupied with his stock in trade, and keenly alive to rise and fall in the prices of commodities he deals in, and how he can make huge profits in his business. A schoolmaster likewise dreams of his school, classes, pupils, and lessons, on all of which his attention is closely riveted. Again, a contractor is engrossed in problems of labor, material, and various building processes. Thus, every one of us is constantly dwelling on one thing or another. This close association leaves an imprint in the human mind, which in course of time becomes indelible enough and leads to complete identification of the subject with the object. And hence it is said, as you think, so you become, or where the mind is, there you are also, no matter where the physical self is. This being the case, Saints take hold of a person from the line of least resistance. As no one can do without Simran, the saints try to set one type of Simran for another type. They substitute for Simran of the world and worldly relations and objects a Simran of God's name or word. As the former leads to distraction of the mind, the latter pulls heavenward, leading to peace of mind and liberation of the soul. Three to four hours in a day has been enjoined as the minimum for Simran, and it may be gradually increased. The Mahatmas are never without Simran, even for a single moment. As it is altogether a mental process, for it is to be done by the tongue of thought, no amount of physical and manual labor can interfere with it. In course of time, like the tick of a clock, it becomes automatic and ceaseless for all the 24 hours. While the hands are engaged in work, the mind rests in the Lord. The Seat of Simran Now we have to see where the repetition of Simran is to be done. The divine ground on which Simran should be done is the center between the two eyebrows, called variously as third eye, 
Tisratil, Shivnetra, or Nukta It is the gateway leading to the subtle planes. In the state of wakefulness, it is the seat of the spirit or psyche, and it is located above the six physical ganglions. We have to transcend both the astral and causal planes above the physical plane. The yogis cross over the six physical centers step by step until they finally and completely traverse and go over the physical plane. Instead of descending down into the lower ganglions, or chakras, and then going up by piercing them through in the upward journey, it would be easier and better by far if one were to commence the journey right ahead from the seat of the soul in the wakeful state, which is at the back of the two eyes. The easiest way to withdraw the spirit from the body to its own seat is by means of some mental simran, as may be enjoined by the master soul. The basic names of God. Let us now see what simran is and what the relation is between the name and named. For simran, there are two kinds of names, original and derivative. Generally, people engage in Simran or one or another of the derivative or attributive names of God, as may have an appeal to the individual concerned. This may be good and useful to a certain extent, but it cannot work as an open sesame to the higher and spiritual planes within. Master souls always do and recommend Simran of the highest type, to wit, of the original or basic names of God. For these open up charmed casements and bring to view vistas leading to spiritual realms within the body. Such names are charged with and electrified by the thought transference that usually accompanies them when communicated to an aspirant by a master soul. As these are magnetized, they have the power to attract and pull the spirit up to the planes to which they relate. The engrafted words charged with the divine spirit of the master very soon bear fruit. Christ in this connection says, I am the vine, ye are the branches, and as branches cannot do without the vine, ye cannot do without me. Let you abide in me, and my words abide in you. Again, these charmed words of the Master, basic names of God, have the power to dispel the forces of darkness that may meet and assail the spirit on its onward journey. Simran of these names helps the soul both in the physical plane and supraphysical planes one after the other. Hence it is imperative that Simran be done of such names as the master soul enjoins, for they are charged with a tremendous spiritual power, which negative powers can hardly put up with, and from which they flee as from an enchanter driven. Immortal and everlasting as these words of the master are, 
they bestow life everlasting to the soul in which they sink and take root. Death cannot come near such a soul. This is why it is said, take not God's name in vain. Every name has its own significance, influence, energy, and power. If one thinks of ice, he is reminded of the bleak cold and the shivers it brings. The thought of fire brings to mind its attributes of heat and warmth. The word lawyer is suggestive of courts and cases, and doctor at once conjures up pictures of hospitals, patients, medicine chests, etc. It is a common saying, as you think, so you become. Thought is said to be the keynote to success. There is always a strong link between a name and the named, and much greater and stronger is this link between God and his names. It may be said that God himself resides and dwells in his own names, basic and original, and not derivative or attributive. Simran of the basic names of God has an inevitable influence on the mind. It leads to dhyan, making the spirit forgetful of the world and worldly objects. In meditation, nothing but concentrated simran remains, and from the great and deep silence of the heart, ride kamal of the saints, that is, the divine ground behind the eyebrows, there issues forth a ceaseless sound current, which helps in pulling the spirit up, leading to the withdrawal from the body, without, of course, breaking the silver cord, and guides the spirit in its onward journey into various spirit realms. The luminous form of the master always remains with the spirit, helping and guiding it at every step. This sound principle is the link between God and man, and in this way an indissoluble bond and relationship is established between the creator and his creation. How to do Simran? For Simran, one has to adopt some convenient posture and then fix his attention on the divine ground between the eyebrows. Simran is entirely a mental process and is to be done mentally with the tongue of thought, while the gazing faculty is to be fixed at the spot between the two eyebrows as said above. The words as given by the master may slowly be repeated mentally or with the tongue of thought. It should be done without causing any strain or pressure on the forehead. The practice may be started with a half hour or so as may be convenient, but in course of time it should be developed to two or three hours a day or even longer. Simran of the divine names introverts the mind and weans it from worldly thoughts and mundane matters until it gets stilled and equipoised. Some do Simran with closed eyes and others with open eyes. The first in some cases sinks into drowsiness, leading to what may be called yog nidra, 
and the second, in some cases, keeps the mind engaged on environments. One has, therefore, to guard against both pitfalls. Simran with closed eyes is preferable, provided one retains full consciousness. It must be done regularly every day at a fixed time. Hafiz, Sufi poet of Persia, says the only job is to pray, unmindful of whether it is accepted or not. This means you have to remember the Lord internally without any clutching to receive one thing or the other. We have to leave everything to Lord or Master working overhead. Just as we need food for the body, so do we need food for the soul. We are very careful in giving food to the horse of the body, but starve the rider, the spirit, the life-giving fountainhead that enlivens the body and without which it has no value. We must provide food to spirit more regularly than we do for the body. No matter where we are, whether at home or abroad, and no matter what the circumstances may be, this should be our first and foremost concern. The Simran of Nam or Word is an elixir of life and in fact a panacea or healing for all ills, physical, mental, accidental, or ordained. It is a food for the spirit. And when the spirit is strong and healthy, it will charge the body with vital currents of life and light, dispelling all darkness from head to foot. It is the bread of life spoken of by Christ when he declared you cannot live on bread alone, but you can live on the name of God alone. Simran and Dian meditation flood the spirit with the waters of life. Spirit comes to its own, rises in its latent godhood, and like a tumultuous mountain stream rushes headlong toward the ocean of life, which is its perennial source, and merges therein, losing its separate identity. There are no limitations as to time and place for Simran. It may be done at any time and at any place, sitting or standing, walking or in bed, but it must be done in a state of conscious wakefulness. Early morning hours, Amrit Vela, is the best time for Simran. A light and frugal night meal consisting of milk and fruits and morning ablutions are aids in the right direction. Purity of thoughts, words, and deeds goes a long way to make success of the sadhan, or spiritual discipline, for ethical life precedes spiritual life and is in fact the very ground on which the spiritual structure has to be raised. For a householder, it is very necessary to observe strict discipline in life, in manners of diet, matters of diet, drink, and speech. Simran must be done slowly, and the words are to be repeated or thought out with clarity. The whole process is to be carried out with love, devotion, and single-minded attention to ensure quick results. 
when properly done for some time, a state of divine intoxication comes upon the spirit and blessed calmness is experienced. All worldly thoughts vanish like thin air and the spirit feels freed from the bodily tenements and is irresistibly drawn upward by the unseen power of the master. When it thus withdraws from the sensual planes, it gets concentrated at its own seat, the inner light dawns, and one by one spiritual experiences, like the starry welkin, the moon, and the sun, unfold themselves. One comes across frequent references to these things in all the scriptures, both ancient and modern, like the Vedas, the Upanishads, the Holy Quran, the Gurbani, the Gospel, etc. The prophets Muhammad and Moses speak of the various inner lights. In the Bible, there are repeated references to the thunder and lightning in connection with the voice of God as it spoke to the prophets. As the spirit crosses over these initial stages and lands in the subtle plane, the luminous form of the master appears, takes charge of the soul, and leads it on the onward spiritual journey from plane to plane. With the advent of the master, the work of Simran is completed and the aspirant's soul lies wholly in the hands of the master soul. Guru Arjan, the fifth guru of the six, has given a glowing account of the results which one can have by doing the sweet remembrance of the word. He impresses on us to remember him all the time in the words as used by the saints in the past. There are so many names of the one reality, and our aim and goal is common. We have to start from the name and contact with the named. Unless you contact the named, you cannot derive full benefit of the words repeated by you. For instance, you say water in English, aqua in Latin, pani and ab in Urdu and Persian, jal and nir in Hindi, but by repetition of these names alone, your thirst cannot be satisfied. It is only by drinking the particular fluid, which is called by so many names, that your thirst is appeased. By doing Simran of the world and its environments, they have so much taken possession of us that we have become the world and its environments. We have to use the same methods so as to eliminate all the worldly thoughts from within by remembering sweetly of the Lord in the words devised by the saints so far. So there are two uses of Simran. One use is to withdraw from the body by Simran of the electrified words given by a competent master. And the second is to drive out the world and its thoughts from within us by the constant remembrance of the Lord in so many ways as prescribed, the description of which has been given above in detail. And that's all I'm going to read of that for today. I want to pick up on the same subject, basically, and 
read some of Sanchi's questions and answers on meditation from the same book, The Ambrosial Hour. And remember, as we hear this and read this, remember what the masters have spent their lives in doing is giving us reality. And it is very, very difficult for the human mind to accept reality as it is given to us from an elevation or a level which we cannot really reach. So when the masters show us things, they give us glimpses that mesh with where we are at the present time or at the time when they give us the glimpses. And those glimpses both strengthen our soul, make it more able to experience within, and also show us before we have actually had the reach there by whatever power we have, what there is lying in front of us. So there is a combination always of grace and effort. The grace comes first. Without it, the effort is useless. But without the effort, there's nothing in us that can take advantage of the grace. So it's a really a very beautiful circle that the Master creates. But the thing to remember is this is the point of the path, is the, we can say, the expansion of consciousness, the finding of God, realization of absolute truth. We can put it any which way, achievement of nirvana, but the the ways in which that is done are means to an end. Even Simran is a means to an end, although it's an indispensable one for us. But the point, again, is that we use the names to make contact with the named. It is so easy to forget this and get involved and hung up in the in the means. Master wrote, Master Kripal wrote a very powerful circular letter published under the title Ends and Means in which he discusses these things in great detail. But the the crux of it all, the point of the path, is what we do within the consciousness of our own selves, what we do in response to what the Master has given us. And that is what I want to emphasize on today. These are questions uh, that were asked of Sanchi about meditation. And I want to read a couple of questions and answers. And they, you will see how he picks up on the things that Master Kripal has been saying. If our own will intervenes at the beginning of the meditation when we sit, when we make our mind quiet and concentrate, could you then tell us when does our own will stop and when does the grace of the Master start? Do we have to become completely empty or can we visualize the form of the Master and still go within with our own will or the grace of the Master? And Sanchi answers, If you sit for meditation, making your mind quiet, and emptying yourself of worldly thoughts, then there is no question of your will intervening in your meditation. You have already made your mind empty. If you sit with the desire that you want to go within, 
It is possible that the mind may make you lose this determination and attach you to some other desire of the world. Notice this is a very important sentence. If you sit with the desire that you want to go within, it is possible that the mind may make you lose this determination and attach you to some other desire of the world. The paradox here is we have to want to go within in order to sit, but if we sit thinking about what we want, we are still on the level of the mind and it can pull us one way or another. Yesterday I described how our mind works like a competent lawyer. Sitting within us, he goes on presenting excuses to us. Sometimes he tells us in a friendly way. Sometimes he comes as an enemy and frightens us. He tries his best to make us give up doing our meditation. So when we sit for meditation, it is very important for all the satsangis to remember the few things I often say before we sit, that you have to make your mind quiet, you have to make your mind empty of worldly thoughts, and you should not allow your mind to wander outside. You should sit there with your mind quiet and concentrate. I have often repeated what Master Sawan Singhji used to say, that the person at whose door a bullock or some animal is standing is worried about that animal. He knows when he must bring it from the sunshine into the shade and when he has to give it water or feed it. He is worried for it and he takes very good care of that animal because he's responsible for it. In the same way, if you have some servant working in your home or in your store, you know when you have to pay him and what time he should be released and so forth. And you will take care of every possibility because you are responsible for him. In the same way, when we are working for our master, when we are sitting at his door, he is responsible for us. As we do not keep our servant unpaid, do you think that he will keep us unpaid if we work for him? He is not unjust. He is full of justice, and he always takes very good care of all those who sit at his door and work for him. Our job is to do the meditation, to keep our mind quiet and concentrated. When we sit at his door, when we do our work, then he performs his duty, he also does his work. Our job is to sit at the door, our job is to do the meditation. It is the job of the master to pull our soul up. We don't have any way, any technique, by which we can pull our soul up by ourselves. It is the job of the master. Our job is only to sit at the eye center and do the meditation as we have been instructed. It is the work of the master to pull our soul up. Swamiji Maharaj says the Shabad will be opened with the grace of the master and the mighty master pulls the soul up. Whenever our Shabbat is opened, it is only with the grace of our Master, and He will pull our soul up. If we are doing our job, if we are taking even one step towards the Master, Master will come down 50 steps to take care of us and to pull our soul up. So we should also honestly and sincerely do our part. 
the part of the meditation which we have been given by our Master. And I will comment that Master once wrote me that if we take one step toward him, he takes a million steps toward us. So whether it's 50 steps or a million steps, he comes a long way toward us in response to one step on our part. Another question. Master, I'm confused about when to sit for the sound current. I've heard that we're not to sit until the last 10 minutes of meditation. Also, it's been said not until we've risen to see the light within. Could you please answer this for me? And Sanchi replies, Usually I have said that we should spend at least one-fourth of the total time for meditation in sitting in the sound. By doing that, we get the habit of sitting for the sound practice. And every day, by trying to listen to the Shabbat, our mind also gets intoxicated by hearing the Shabbat. If all the satsangis make Simran as the principle of their life, and if they go on doing the Simran even when they are not sitting for meditation, when they are doing other things of the world or of their work, if they do the Simran at those times, they will not have to work hard for doing Simran when they sit for meditation. When you sit for meditation after doing so much Simran during the daytime, your attention goes straight into the light and you will not have to work very hard. You do not have to give so much pain to your body trying to do Simran and sitting for meditation. And another question Master, please will you tell us how to die while living? And he says, well, every day I try to make you people prepare for that. Every day in the morning and evening. But still I will try to explain some things to you. You know that our soul, after coming down from the eye center, has spread in all the cells of the body. It has not only spread in the body, it has also spread outside the body. It has gone into religions, communities, societies, in the family, and friends. It has spread all over. Saints ask us, why are we born again and again into this world? Because we do the Simran or remembrance of the world. And because of the Simran of the world, we are born into this world again and again. Whatever thoughts we have at the time of death, According to that, we get our birth in the next lifetime. Most of the time, we come back into the same family, into the same homes, and if not there, then we might go somewhere in the neighborhood. It is a personal experience of the saints that Simran cuts the Simran and contemplation cuts the contemplation. The Simran given by the Master is the only thing which can cut down the Simran or the remembrance of the worldly things and the contemplation of the form of the Master is the only thing which can make us forget the contemplation or the remembrance of the worldly things. Saints tell us that when we give up doing the Simran of the world, when we do the Simran given by the Master, gradually the Simran of the world goes away and then whom do we see? On whom do we contemplate? We contemplate on the form of the Master who has given us initiation 
and the forms of the world will also go away. The Simran of the world is also going on at the eye center. You know, whenever you try to remember anything, whenever you try to visualize the form of anybody, or try to remember anyone's face, at once your attention goes to the eye center. It is not like you are putting your attention at some other part lower than the eye center and thinking about some person. Always your attention is at the eye center whenever you are trying to remember something or some form. So at the eye center, the rosary of the Simran of the world is going on 24 hours a day. So in sitting at this place, if you are doing the Simran of the world, for instance, if you are remembering your father, your mother, your son, your daughter, your wife, your husband, what will happen? Since all those people are outside your body, your attention will go outside your body and you will become extroverted. And because we have been extroverted for many births, we have never thought of becoming introverted and that is why we find it difficult for our attention to go within. When the Master gives us the initiation, what does he tell us? He tells us the Master is within you. God is within you. He gives us the Simran to do internally. He tells us that all the things are within us and we have to come to the eye center. So when we do the Simran given by the Master, since the Master is within our soul and God is also within us, when we start stilling our attention at the eye center, when we start sitting there, then that beautiful form of the Master is manifested over there, and then not even for one moment will we take our attention away from that beautiful form of the Master. The Master who has given us the initiation is not different from Almighty God. The formless Lord has taken up the form of the saint, and he resides within us. So when the Master gives us the Simran, and we do it honestly, in the beginning we find it difficult to bring our attention inward because we have become extroverted. But when we do it, when we still our attention at the eye center, Master is there, God is also there, and when we see his inner form even once, then we won't like to come outside. In the satsangs, as well as at the time of initiation, we are told that by doing the Simran, we can withdraw our attention from all the outer things and from our body and come to the eye center. In that process, when our soul starts to withdraw from our body, first it is withdrawn from the outer world. And when it comes to withdraw from the body, we feel as if ants are biting our feet. When the soul goes upward, then the body below becomes numb. And finally, when the soul comes to the eye center, we feel as though the body below the eye center is not there. It is all numb, and we lose the feeling of it, and then we feel that it is like a rented house. It does not belong to us. In the process of death also, the same thing happens. Those people who have made their Simran very strong for them it is easy to withdraw from the body. It is very easy for them to bring their soul to the eye center. 
For them it is like pulling a hair out of butter. But some people who have not perfected their Simran and who only meditate occasionally, if their soul tries to leave the body, they find it very difficult. They find it very painful, like the process of death. And sometimes people get so frightened that they don't like to sit for meditation again. On the last tour at Santbani Ashram, one person who was getting initiated was sitting on a chair during doing the meditation. At once his soul left the body and it was very painful for him because it was the first time that he had meditated. He fainted and fell down off the chair. I remember this extremely well, by the way. I was sitting there at the time. There was this enormous crash in the middle of meditation. People were very good. Nobody budged. Uh, Papu and I went over to him and uh, helped him up. Everything was fine, but it was it was an, an unusual experience. Earlier, I had told Russell Perkins and Papu about such happenings, because sometimes when the soul is pulled up like this, the person feels a lot of pain and even faints. But if that happens, we should not worry. If we give a massage to the back of the neck, then the soul comes back into the body and the person does not feel any pain. And when that person fell down, they both gave him some massage and he came back into the body and he did not feel any pain. All the saints have said, those who want to do the meditation of Nam should make their heart like iron. One day everybody has to die. Why not do that thing, which we have to do one day, while we are living? Why not die while we are living? Guru Nanak also says, the place where we have to go after death, why not go there while we are still in the body? Since the soul is spread throughout all the cells of the body, when it is withdrawn from all those cells and goes upward, it is natural for us to feel pain because in the process of the soul's withdrawal, the lower chakras are broken. When they are broken, it is natural for a person to feel the pain. But if we have the Simran given by the perfect master, if we have the grace of the master, then we do not find it difficult. In the beginning, when I had the initiation into the first two words, Many initiates of Baba Sawan Singh who had the full initiation of five words would come to meditate with me. We were about ten or twelve people, and they were very loving, devoted souls, and they would come to meditate with me. And we always had one person standing up while the others were meditating to check the other people. If anyone was falling asleep in meditation or if he was trying to move, the person who was in charge at that time was told to slap the person on both sides. So I mean to say that only the brave, courageous people can do meditation, and only those who have real love and faith can become the real meditators. No one was allowed to make tea. No one was allowed to sit in meditation after drinking tea. And no one was allowed to bring any kind of food to be distributed as prashad because it was a very strict period of meditation, and we used to think, he who brings prashad and he who distributes food to the other people wants to take away the meditation of others, and that is not fair. 
And of course, this does not apply when the master has always already blessed the food and it is being given in his name, then uh, no one is taking anyone's meditation away. At that time, I did not sit on any kind of cushion. I had only some sticks or hay underneath me, and I never even put a gunny sack under me. Sometimes I sat on a flat wooden platform. You could read in the book written by Mr. Oberoi, Support for the Shaken Sangha, the stories of Sunderdas, who was an initiate of Master Sawan Singh. With him, I used to have sittings of eight hours at a stretch. In that, you would read about how we can die while living. Once, when we were meditating, we had a fire burning, and a log fell out of the fire onto his leg. He did not know that his leg was burning because he was so much absorbed in the meditation. When he got up from that meditation, he told me, The intoxication that I have received today in meditation, I have not gotten that any time before. Imagine to what plane he must have gone in that meditation. If he was in the body, you know that even if we get a little bit of pain, we move. But he was not in the body. That is why he did not even know that his leg was burning. Mr. Oberoi did not write all those stories only from hearsay. He tried to find every possible person who had meditated with me, and after meeting them and confirming all the things with them, he wrote down the stories. Usually when the Western dear ones have the yearning and longing to do the devotion, they also have a feeling of hurry. They want to get results right away, and in that they do not become successful. Master Sawan Singhji also used to say, Western dear ones have this habit that when they have the yearning to do the devotion, they sit for meditation, but they want the results right then, and it does not work like that. We should do our devotion, our meditation, with love and faith, and patiently we should wait for the results. And there is, it is a question of grace and of going beyond all structure, all name and form, and getting the essence of what is really there underneath all that. And that's what the path is all about. The path is reality. Sanchi used to say a lot, this is not a fairy tale, which is not to say fairy tales have their own value and they can be extremely valuable. But the point is that the path is not like that. The path is the realest reality that there is. This is the reality underneath everything else. Fairy tales and many other things point the way to that reality. But the reality is what it is. And that's what we have waiting for us. You know, this is why when our first desire to meet God arises in our heart, as Master Kripal used to say, This is what we are wanting. We don't always know it. You know, the form in which our desire takes in our heart can be a lot of different things. But once that desire arises, Master says, it cannot be stamped out. It must be fulfilled sooner or later in this lifetime or in another one. But all of the the suffering, the confusion, 
the entanglements, the ways in which we get hung up in so many things, the answer to all that lies within ourselves. You know, this is what the Master has given us, is a way to get to the bottom of everything else and understand what is going on from the point of view of God looking down from above. That is what we have waiting for us. That's what the path is. Is nothing else. It is that. And we should always remember that. And never get confused in thinking the path is, you know, a set of beliefs or religious structure or this or that thing. It is a path, a road, a highway, an autobahn, a turnpike, whatever we want to call it. Grand Trunk Road, as they say in India, that goes from, as Master Kripal said, from the circumference of our being to the center of our being. That is what we are on, and we must move on it. And meditation, Simran, is the way to do that. So we are very, very fortunate. And as Sanchi and Kripal both said very eloquently, the Master never leaves us nor forsakes us till the end of the world. And the quote there it does not mean that he will leave us then. It means that the world, per se, the lower planes, Kyle's world, exists for us only when we are in it. And when we rise above it, the point is the Master won't leave us until we rise above it. And he won't leave us then either, but by that point we are one with him. So it's the question does not arise. Well, it's a very... It's a very powerful path we have been put on. We should never forget that. You know, this is... The Upanishads say, what is that knowing which everything else becomes known? And Master Kripal used to often quote that and point out this is what the path is. And, yeah, it can be found in any religious tradition. Anyone who does it can do it does not have to be in a particular family or line or whatever. Once it's done by anybody, it's done. And they become what they were born to be. And the same can be true for us. All right, let's uh, hear a talk of the Master. <laughs> So that is why Swamiji Maharaj says that the Master is Adam, he is unreachable one, he is invisible one. And his importance, his glory cannot be described in words. Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj says, Ketamak Guru Salaiye, Guru Karn Karn Samarath. Guru Nanak Dev Ji Maharaj says that how can we go on praising the Master because he is capable of doing everything, he is almighty. Lekin jinnah ter sant dev ji baithe hai, oh ek bada chota ya jeevan batit karde hai, bohut hi chota ya, saadhe insana di tarah, oh, bichar de hai dunia di lehi. 
ਉਹ ਆਪਦੇ ਗੁਣਾ ਦਾ ਮੋਜਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਦਿਖਾਉਂਦੇਗੇ ਔਰ ਉਹ ਤਾਂ ਬਹੁਤ ਅਗਰ ਉਹਨਾਂ ਨੂੰ ਅਸੀਂ ਜਾ ਕੇ ਕਿਤੇ ਵਿਡਿਆ ਹੀ ਨਹੀਂ ਕਰੀਏ ਕਿ ਸਾਲਾ ਜੀ ਤੁਸੀਂ ਇਸ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਦਰਸ਼ਨ ਹੋਏ ਉਹ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਹਾਂ ਇਹ ਸਾਰੀ ਮੇਰੇ ਗੁਰੂ ਦੀ ਦਿਆ ਹੈ ਗੁਰੂ ਦੀ ਮਹਿਮਾ ਹੈ ਪਰ ਸੋ ਲੋਂਗ ਦ ਮਾਸਟਰਸ ਆਰ ਇਨ ਅ ਫਿਜ਼ੀਕਲ ਬਾਡੀ ਦੇ ਲਿਵ ਅ ਵੈਰੀ ਹੰਬਲ ਵੈਰੀ ਸਮਾਲ ਕਾਈਂਡ ਆਫ ਲਾਈਫ ਐਂਡ ਈਵਨ ਇਫ ਦੇ ਹੈਵ ਡਨ ਸਮਥਿੰਗ ਸੋ ਦੇ ਵਿਲ ਨਾਟ ਐਗਜ਼ੀਕਿਊਟ ਦੇ ਪਾਵਰਸ ਦੇ ਵਿਲ ਨਾਟ ਪਰਫਾਰਮ ਐਨੀ ਮਿਰੈਕਲ even if you have gained anything from them or we have had darshan of them and if you go and tell them that master you did so much for us or you gave us darshan like this they would simply say that yes this is the grace of my master whatever happens to them they all they always give that it to their own master gur ki gat agam apara ਸ਼ਬਦ ਨਾਮ 
And when you will apply yourself to the meditation of the Shabbat now, then your mind will also turn away from all the pleasures of the world. Dear ones, only in the beginning it is difficult, but once you make it a point, once you make the habit of giving away of giving up all the indulgences and the pleasures of the world, then it becomes very difficult for you to go back to those bad habits. Now he says that we only have to change our thoughts. Right now we are having the thoughts that we have to do this or we have to do that in the world. We have to make this or we have to make that. We are always going on making the plannings of the world. So instead of planning for the things of the world, we should change our planning, we should change our thoughts. And whatever we need to think, whatever we need to plan, we should always do it for the Master. We should always think and plan to do the similar. प्यारे बड़े बरीकी ना समझने की गल है अगर असि अपने ख्याल नु नहीं पढ़ लेगे एक घंटा असि अभ्यास बैठ गए हैं उस घंटे दा भी तुसी छानबीन करके देखो कि किन्ने दफा थोड़ा मन बैठ के गुरु दी तरफ खुश होया किन्ने बारी सिमरन छकया एक घंटे दे भी जी किन्ने मिनट असि सिमरन करया गुरु दी तरफ अकागर होए जे वंस दिस इज समथिंग व्हिच यू शुड कंसीडर एंड थिंक अबाउट माइन्यूटली इफ यू डू नॉट चेंज योर थॉट्स देन even in that one hour when you when you sit for the meditation if you analyze that time very minutely and if you consider it you will see that in that one hour how many times your mind became dry in respect to the master how many times you gave up doing the similar how many times you went in the world and went away from the master pyare bachcho eh bhi ek dairy da hissa hai ki aise ghante vi di kitna abhyas kita hai lekin zarur ghanta rehne hai फिर घंटा लिख लेने हैं लेकिन ये असि कभी शाम भी नहीं की असि घंटे किन्नी दफा खुश होए किन्नी दफा जुड़े देवंस दिस इज आल्सो पार्ट ऑफ द थिंग व्हिच नीड टू बी फिल्ड अप इन द डायरी वी पीपल राइट इन द डायरी दैट वी मेडिटेटेड फॉर 1 आवर बट वी डू नॉट रियलाइज दैट इन दैट 1 आवर हाउ मेनी टाइम्स वी बिकेम ड्राई हाउ मेनी टाइम्स वी वेंट अवे एंड वी जस्ट सेट दैट एंड डिड नो सिमिलर सो वी शुड केयरफुली एंड वेरी माइन्यूटली consider that also we should analyze that also asa gur shabd lagao man sa gur pad milao asa aur man sa mori man indri दुनिया की प्लैन भी छी दुनिया के तरफों मन हटाया 
ਕਿਉਂਕਿ ਮਨ ਨੇ ਟਿਕਣਾ ਤਾਂ ਨਹੀਂ ਇਸ ਨੂੰ ਗੁਰੂ ਦੀ ਤਰਫ ਲਾ ਦਿੱਤਾ ਸੋ ਵੈਨ ਵੀ ਗਿਵ ਅਪ ਦ ਪਲੈਨਿੰਗ ਆਫ ਦ ਵਰਲਡ ਐਂਡ ਵੈਨ ਵੀ ਚੇਂਜ ਦ ਡਾਇਰੈਕਸ਼ਨ ਆਫ ਦ ਮਾਈਂਡ ਬਿਕੋਜ਼ ਦ ਮਾਈਂਡ ਕੈਨ ਨਾਟ ਰਿਮੇਨ ਆਇਦਰ ਸੋ ਵੀ ਇਨਵੋਲਵ ਦ ਮਾਈਂਡ ਟੂਵਰਡਸ ਦ ਵਿਦ ਦ ਮਾਸਟਰ ਆਸਾ ਔਰ ਮਨ ਸਾਡਾ ਇਹ ਖਿਆਲ ਹੋ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਸੁੱਤੇ ਜਾਗਦੇ ਉੱਠਦੇ ਬਹਿੰਦੇ ਜਵਾਨ ਤੇ ਗੁਰੂ ਦਾ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਹੈ ਅੱਖਾਂ ਵਿੱਚ ਮਨਮੋਹਣੀ ਸੂਰਤ ਹੈ ਤੋਂ ਆਪ ਕਹਿਣ ਲੱਗੇ ਸੁੱਤਿਆਂ ਦੀ ਧਿਆਨ ਗੁਰੂ ਸੁਣਦੇ ਹੈ ਗੁਰੂ ਦੇ ਸੁਖਨੇ ਹੈ ਜਾਗਦੇ ਆ ਤਾਂ ਆਪਣੇ ਆਪ ਬਗੈਰ ਯਾਦ ਕੀਤਿਆਂ ਹੀ ਗੁਰੂ ਦਾ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਜਵਾਨ ਤੇ ਆ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਹੈ ਜਦੋਂ ਅਸੀਂ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਕਰਦੇ ਆ ਆਪਣੇ ਆਪ ਹੀ ਉਸ ਰੂਪ ਅੱਖਾਂ ਵਿੱਚ ਟਿਕਣਾ ਸ਼ੁਰੂ ਹੋ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਹੈ when we make our thoughts like this that whether we are sleeping or awake whether we are sitting or standing whatever we may be doing but if our simran is always going on and if the form of the master is always in front of our eyes in that condition when we close our eyes when we go to sleep the form of the master is in front of us when we are awake even then we see the form of the master in front of us and all the time whether we are asleep or awake the simran goes on happening within us to simranli aata pan ਸ਼ੁਰੂ ਤੋਂ ਪਈ ਹੋਈ ਹੈ ਇਹ ਕੋਈ ਮੁਸ਼ਕਲ ਬਾਤ ਨਹੀਂ ਜੀ ਡਾਕਟਰ ਆਪਣੇ ਮਰੀਜ਼ਾਂ ਦਾ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਕਰਦਾ ਹੈ ਦਵਾਈ ਦਾ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਕਰਦਾ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਮਰੀਜ਼ਾਂ ਦੀ ਅੱਖਾਂ ਸ਼ਕਲਾਂ ਅੱਖਾਂ ਦੇ ਆਪਣੇ ਆਪ ਹੀ ਆ ਜਾਂਦੀਆਂ ਹਨ ਉਹ ਦਵਾਈ ਅੱਖਾਂ ਅੱਗੇ ਆਖੜੀ ਹੁੰਦੀ ਹੈ ਇਸੇ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਜਿਹੜੇ ਕਲਰਕ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਆਪਣੇ ਕੰਮ ਦਾ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਕਰਦੇ ਹੈ ਕਿ ਕੱਲ ਨੂੰ ਕਿਹੜੀ ਫਾਈਲ ਜਿਹੜੀ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਸਾਹਿਬ ਦੇ ਅੱਗੇ ਰੱਖਣੀ ਹੈ ਉਹੀ ਦਫ਼ਤਰ ਬਣ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਹੈ ਉਹੀ ਸਾਹਿਬ ਦੀ ਸ਼ਕਲ ਬਣ ਜਾਂਦੀ ਹੈ ਲੜਕੀਆਂ ਆਪਣੇ ਸਟੋਰ ਦਾ ਚੁੱਲੇ ਚੌਂਕੇ ਦਾ ਕਾਰੋਬਾਰ ਯਾਦ ਕਰਦੀਆਂ ਹਨ ਕਿ ਕਿਹੜਾ ਸਮਾਨ ਕੰਨ ਚਾਹੀਦਾ ਹੈ ਕਿਹੜਾ ਨਹੀਂ ਚਾਹੀਦਾ ਉਹ ਸਾਰਾ ਹੀ ਸਮਾਨ ਰੱਖਾ ਕੇ ਆ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਹੈ ਸੋ ਉਹ ਕਿਹੜੀ ਚੀਜ਼ ਹੈ ਉਹ ਯਾਦ ਉਹ ਸ਼ਕਲਾਂ ਜਿਹੜੀਆਂ ਬਣਦੀਆਂ ਹਨ ਉਹਨੂੰ ਮਹਾਤਮਾ ਧਿਆਨ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਹੈ ਤੋ ਸੰਤ ਮਹਾਤਮਾ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਪਿਆਰ ਨਾਲ ਕਹਿੰਦੇ ਆ ਕਿ ਜਿਸ ਤਰ੍ਹਾਂ ਪਾਣੀ ਦੀ ਮਾਰੀ ਖੇਤੀ ਪਾਣੀ ਨਾਲ ਹਰੀ ਹੁੰਦੀ ਹੈ ਤੋ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦੇ ਧਿਆਨ ਨੂੰ ਕੱਟਣ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਸਤਿਗੁਰੂ ਦਾ ਧਿਆਨ ਪੜਨਾ ਸ਼ੁਰੂ ਹੋ ਜਾਂਦਾ ਹੈ ਦੁਨੀਆ ਦੇ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਨੂੰ ਭੁੱਲਣ ਵਾਸਤੇ ਸੰਤ ਸਾਨੂੰ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਦਿੰਦੇ ਹੈ ਤਾਂ ਕਿ ਉਹ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਜਿਹੜਾ ਹੈ ਉਸ ਨੂੰ ਭੁੱਲ ਜਾਈਏ ਉਹਦੀ ਜਗ੍ਹਾ ਗੁਰੂ ਦਾ ਦਿੱਤਾ ਹੋਇਆ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਕਰਨ ਲੱਗ ਜਾਈਏ ਵੀ ਹੈਵ ਆਲਵੇਸ ਬੀਨ ਇਨ ਦੀ ਹੈਬਿਟ ਆਫ ਡੂਇੰਗ ਦ ਸਿਮਰਨ ਸੋ ਇਟ ਇਜ਼ ਨਾਟ ਐਟ ਆਲ ਡਿਫਿਕਲਟ to develop this kind of simran which has been mentioned earlier <clears throat> you know that the doctors when they are doing their work they do the simran they remember the medicines and as soon as they see a patient at once the medicine which will work for the patient comes in front of them they can visualize the signals they can visualize the medicine and in the same way the clerk knows when he thinks about his work he knows that which file he has to present to his officer the following day and what he has to do in his office he visualizes and he sees that the office is there the files are there and he sees everything over there in the same way the housewives <coughs> when they think about their work their stores or their kitchen they know that what things they have to buy the following day and what they have to do so the meaning is that 
This is because of the remembrance. This is because of what they remember and what they have to do. That they think and they do the Simran and they know what they have to do. So since we have been in the habit of remembering the things and doing the Simran, that is why it is not at all difficult for us to develop the habit of doing the Simran given to us by the Master. Because the Master tells us that the crop which has been destroyed by the water will come back to the life only with the water in the same way. If we are given some other Simran to do, only then we will be able to forget the Simran which we are doing of the world. <coughs> so that is why the Master gives us the Simran, because they know that the Simran cuts the Simran. And when you do the Simran of anything, when you think of anything, that particular thing comes in front of you, that is called the Dhyan. So when you are doing the Simran given to you by the Master, then itself the Dhyan or the attention of the form of the Master comes in front of you. So since we are in the habit of doing the remembrance and the Simran of the worldly things, that is why the Masters give us the Simran, that is why they give us the Dhyan, so that by doing the Simran of the Master and by doing the Dhyan of the Master, we may be able to cut the Simran and the Dhyan of the world. Oh mind, again and again I tell you that this is the time for devotion. This is the time for devotion. The Bhajan Tenu Varo Variake on page 183. Don't forget the place where you were hung upside down. With the support of devotion, the Master made you free. Now obey the Master. Once the time has passed, you will not get it back. Without Nam, you will then repent. Your life is like sugar candy and water. You came as a guest, but you sat controlling the place. You forgot the home where you have to go in the end. This matter won't be taken lightly. Whoever meditates with a sincere heart, at the end the master helps him. O oh, Ajay, become dependent on Kripal. O oh, mind, again and again I tell you that this is the time for devotion. This is the time for devotion. Bhajan of Sanchi on page 183, and there will be prasad given out while we sing.
tell you, this is the time for devotion. This is the time for devotion. May God bless us all. <laughs> 